This is Dr. Charles Parker, and you're listening to Core Brain Journal. It's the place where I connect both fresh discoveries and interesting different perspectives from advanced mind science with the realities of real people and everyday life down on Main Street. Well, welcome, folks. Dr. Charles Parker here one more time at Core Brain Journal, and we have another very interesting guest. I mean, do you folks ever get tired of me saying interesting guests? We're just loaded with interesting guests. But this gentleman, Dr. William Shaw, takes the cake. He is a very serious player, has been for years in so many aspects of functional medicine, and is the CEO of Great Plains Labs out in Kansas. So thanks very much for joining us, Dr. Shaw. Oh, you're welcome, Charles. Uh, glad, glad to participate. So what we're going to do, folks, is just drop a couple words here from our sponsors to let you know, thank them for being with us. And you listeners already know how much we love the reality of data here at CBJ. And today we welcome our clinical friend and our new sponsor partner, Direct Health Access Laboratory. With over 3 million studies, they are deep leaders of experience with the big picture of measuring, for example, methylation, cryptopyrrole, and copper challenges. They provide global service with a molecular focus. Stay tuned. More at mid-episode here. And then we also are very pleased to uh, welcome our other uh, sponsor, uh, who is really a local person here in in, uh, Tidewater, Virginia, and that is the Barry Robinson Center. They have a deep interest in fresh options to address the complexity of adolescent treatment failure nationally and internationally and is built TRICARE friendly. The Barry Robinson Center uh, provides a holistic environment that sets children, teens, and families on the path to healing. From personal experience, I can tell you right now that we've had work with their families, with our families, shared with them, and it's truly a different residential experience. More about them in a moment. So let me introduce Dr. Shaw to you. He's a very, very interesting guy. He's a PhD board certified in the fields of clinical chemistry and toxicology by the American Board of Clinical Chemistry. Before he founded the Great Plains Laboratory in Lenexa, Kansas, Dr. Shaw worked for the Centers for Disease Control and Children's Mercy Hospital, the University of Missouri at Kansas City School of Medicine, SmithKline Laboratories, and he is importantly, this is a book that really first connected me with Dr. Shaw. He's the author of Biological Treatments for Autism and PDD, Pervasive Developmental Disorder, originally published in 1998. And he has another book that's more recent, 2009, Autism Beyond the Basics. And one of the things I think is so absolutely relevant is how Dr. Shaw pulls so much diverse information together in useful packages that you can get. And you can say, why wasn't I doing this earlier? And I think you're going to have that reaction to our meeting today. He's a frequent speaker at conferences worldwide. I happen to hear him up at the uh, Integrative Medicine for Mental Health Conference in D.C. uh, this past uh, year, when I I think it was in the spring. And they have another Integrative Medicine for Mental Health Conference coming up in Orange County, September 28th, October 1st. And he's the thought leader for that entire conference. So he did a presentation there, which really struck me hard. I, I, I wanted to, I had heard about it. 
I knew about this test, but I wasn't really familiar with it, and I still have a lot to learn about it. So you'll be sharing with me a learning experience here. But it's, it's, it's about using Great Plains, uh, it's a toxic test, GPL tox test, to really see what's going on with the toxins. You all will remember that we had Dr. Prozorno here talking about toxin solutions. And so this is Dr. William Shore, who's, who's got the measurement tool, which is so doggone important. So with that, that's a brief intro. There's so much more to say about you, Dr. Shaw. But with that, could you just give our listeners a little bit about who you are personally, your mission, and where you are in the development of your thinking about this evolution in mind science that includes toxicology? Yeah, so uh, I'm glad to do it. So the testing that I've developed really fulfills a, uh, a lifetime wish to, to, uh, to make toxic chemical testing uh, available to the, the general public. In essence, what I realized is that it's virtually impossible for the average person to know what they're being bombarded with uh, uh, through, really throughout the world. And so many people don't realize that their health is, is uh, dependent on these chemicals that have been exposed to and it was so difficult for anybody to find out what it was because in order to uh, most of the testing, you had to know in advance what you were exposed to. And what I can say is it's rare that a person has knowledge of which chemical they, they're exposed to. Uh, it does happen like a person who works in a factory that produces one chemical and then they get sick. Uh, like the people who worked at the uh, at the factories that produce tetraethyl lead for gasoline, so large numbers of those people got sick or died from uh, that exposure. But the majority of things were being exposed to. I would say ninety percent of the time, the person doesn't know which chemical they're being exposed to, and so they can't order that. They had to order these tests one one at a time. It would it would it might cost them twenty thousand dollars to do testing for a lot of the most common chemicals. So what I wanted to do was develop a uh, a relatively uh, economical test around two hundred dollars that would check for the majority of chemicals that the that that many people are exposed to. So the testing that we developed called GPL tox checks for uh, 172 different chemicals. And in addition, it can be done on a simple urine test. And we have uh, extremely good data. So to tell the person, uh, not only do they have that chemical, but how much they have and how, the, how much their exposure compares to the average person with the idea that if you're extremely elevated, it's much more likely that whatever medical uh, complaints you have is, is due to that particular factor. So we've seen that time and time again with our new test, the GPL dots, that people with high values, meaning at the 95th percentile or more, uh, 
these these values are affecting their health and the people in which there's it's almost the complete cause of their health issue is when they get into multiples not just at the 95th percentile but five times 10 times as much as 50 times the 95th percentile mm. uh, those are the cases where it, it, it's a slam dunk conclusion that that uh, this particular chemical is the major cause of their illness. So this is something that had never, really has never been done before. And so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to make this. I can say already this has changed the lives of many people who, who did, had no idea of what they were dealing with. Well, I think, Dr. Shaw, the thing is so absolutely striking is the variety, the great, the wide variety of uh, psychiatric conditions, of brain conditions. I like to not really think about psychiatry in that closed way that, hey, we're just going to give psych medicines. But what do we think about actual brain function and biomedical function downstream from these? Because, I mean, everywhere from autism to bipolar illness to Parkinson's to Alzheimer's. I mean, the list goes on. It's just amazing. When you go to the website, which I'll have linked in the show notes, and you go over to Great Plains Labs and look at what the uh, definitive studies that they have there, it's nothing less than phenomenal. Every single person listening to this has to go over there and just take a look at the resources and the research that Dr. Shaw and his team have done. So, Dr. Shaw, how did you get into this. I knew you were interested in autism early on, and I knew that you had done some original work in that, but then how did you actually come over to really discover and, and see for yourself, as we all do as we get older, it's like, hey, here's something I really need to dig further into. What led you down that path? Well, I, I guess the, 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 the first thing goes back to my uh, education in graduate school. Uh, and there was a particular case study that was uh, presented to us in the biochemistry class, and and it was by the uh, by the head of the biochemistry department uh, of the uh, medical school where I got my PhD, and and he related a story of a uh, a neighbor of his who was a uh, a lawyer in downtown Charleston. So Charleston is a peninsula and two major rivers uh, close around it on either side. And his lawyer friend lived on, uh, lived on the uh, other bank of the river and had to cross a large bridge to get to his uh, downtown office every day. And what he, what he related to my professor is that he was thinking of uh, leaving the field of law. And so, of course, he asked him, well, why are you doing that? Well, he said, uh, every day I start out, I'm in a very good mood and, you know, on top of the world, you know, and and then I drive across the Cooper River Bridge and get down and get downtown. And just about the time I'm ready to uh, put the key in the door of my office, I, I feel fer terribly depressed, and uh, so I think that's the uh, you know you know I'm getting uh, hints from my 
uh, unconscious that the field of law must be bad for me because I'm feeling so good when I start, but soon as I get near my office, that's that's it. And so uh, my professor said, I want you to do something. He said, tomorrow when you uh, come to work, I want you to drive across the bridge again, just like always, but instead of turning right to your law office, turn left where the medical school lab was. And so he said, okay. And what he did is he took the sample uh, after he had spent about 30 minutes commuting to work, and he found that the individual had an extremely high value of carbon monoxide. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that carbon monoxide causes is uh, extreme uh, depression, as well as a variety. There's articles published showing that uh, kleptomania, uh, just going in and, and uh, shoplifting can be a uh, neurologic disorder caused, caused by carbon monoxide poisoning. And of course, carbon monoxide is one of the uh, chemicals that not only can it cause depression, but it can kill you. So one of the easiest things to remember that, to my knowledge, is, is true of every toxic chemical is if the chemical is toxic enough to kill you at some level, it's also uh, capable of causing uh, severe depression or other types of psychiatric illness. Mm -hmm. and, and so that, that's proven a very uh, useful uh, tool to remember is you can just say, is this chemical something that has caused death at some level? If it is, it's definitely capable of impairing your brain's ability to function. And, and this is especially important for humans because humans have one of the largest brains of uh, any of the mammals, perhaps, uh, except for the uh, the great apes and and uh, and the whales, and and the brain is the one of the most metabolically active. When you're sitting, of course, the brain is the single most uh, metabolically active. The only exception would be your muscles if you are doing extreme exercise, or uh, but that only it takes place for a limited time period, whereas your brain is going. Uh, 24 hours a day. So your brain is by far your your most sensitive organ as far as toxic chemical exposure. And really, a toxic chemical exposure is going to frequently uh, cause a whole variety of psychiatric illness. And reviewing this, I mean, it's not only depression and kleptomania, but it can be anxiety, it, it can be uh, attention deficit with hyperactivity, it can be autism, it, it can be Alzheimer's disease, it can be Parkinson's disease. So all of these uh, toxic chemical exposures have the ability to cause severe impairment of your brain function and the most common way in which they cause this is by 
impairing the function of the mitochondria, the mm. organelle uh, in the cells that is like a battery that produces energy in the form of a chemical called ATP, adenosine triphosphate. And if enough of this is inhibited, you're 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 not going to you're not going to function uh, well at all. So the brain just plain old slows and down. And so this was the uh, the brain slows down, uh, and uh, and then I also became interested because of learning about. Um, the toxicity of these antibacterial hand soaps, many of which are still on the market. There was one that was used to be on the market called hexachlorophene that was present in it for uh, uh, teenagers who had acne, but they weren't content to just having it in soap. They were putting it in toothpaste and mouthwash and feminine hygiene deodorant. And, and what was found out is that uh, eventually they found 12 children had died after being washed with this soap. And the hexachlorophene was extremely toxic. And when you looked at their, the, uh, some of the underlying data, they found that it could cause uh, extreme depression. So at the laboratory where I worked, I found that about uh, the the company uh, at that time it was Smith Klein was used about um, uh, used this uh, antibacterial hand soap in all the employees' bathrooms, and about fifty percent of the employees were complaining about uh, uh, feeling pain in the chest or headaches or depression uh, after going on break. So. So what it was is I tracked it down. Those were the, if the person ended up washing their hands before break, a large percentage of those people were getting toxic symptoms just from washing their hands, a small surface area of the body, where sometimes this same chemical was used in, uh, for promoted as soap to use when showering, when you would put it over your uh, entire body. And those were the cases where the uh, the children were uh, were dying when when they uh, were their entire body was mm. exposed to this uh, antibacterial thing, and and so eventually it was removed from the market. But just like in many other cases, what they do, they take away one toxic chemical and they put in another one with similar toxicity. Matter of fact, the the chemical structure of the replacements uh, was very similar. For example, PCMX has a, uh, a very similar biochemical structure in that it is a, a, a chlorinated phenolic compound. Uh, and triclosan, uh, which was recently banned by the FDA, had that same characteristics. Well, today you can go into McDonald's and Burger King if you wash your hands there, you're getting a dose of this uh, toxic chemical. And when I looked up, I found that, you know, they had uh, tried this out on, uh, on uh, animals and found severe symptoms like 
uh, neurologic impairment and depression caused in, in uh, dogs that had been exposed to this chemical and, and, uh, and really, I mean, it's really bad. Most people make the assumption that the government would never allow something like this. And I have to say, this is that you're, if you're waiting for the, uh, the government to help you with this, you might as well be waiting for the tooth fairy to be doing that. <laughs> you know, so it's just not going to happen. You really have to look out for yourself and the toxic exposures that you uh, receive. Just because it's in a package in the, in the grocery store or the pharmacy does not mean that product is safe. And, and so... The testing gives consumers a way to find out what they're actually being exposed to. So, for example, uh, uh, I, I only eat organic food because my wife is, uh, that's what she buys at the Whole Foods market. Mm -hmm. uh, but even, even there, we, we, go, we go out to eat. Uh, occasionally for lunch and so forth. And, and, you know, I have traces of organophosphate pesticide in uh, my urine sample. And, and, uh, but, but not a lot. You find some people who have values that are 30 times the 95th percentile, and those people are extremely ill. They're people uh, that have, uh, extreme chronic fatigue or extreme depression or um, or autism or severe attention deficit so these things they they can cause a whole variety of medical problems and unless the the public is checking these things out they will the they will not be able to find a physician who can help them with their symptoms because these these uh, symptoms are due to toxic chemicals that that are not commonly tested they're almost never tested unless the person has knowledge that these particular tests exist well dr Shaw, this is the very reason we're really privileged to have you here talking with us because this is absolutely so essential it's right on the theme of what we talk about all the time at Core Brain Journal. We're really strong on measuring and measuring correctly because we see so many individuals, we're sort of living in a psychiatric delusion, if you will, that medications are going to fix everything and that the a brain itself is so simple that if you look at the behavior of a person, you'll know the right chemical to throw at it. And, and the complexity is just so much greater than that. It's one of the reasons I was interested in listening to you and developing a working relationship with you many years ago, because I heard you speak uh, many years ago up in New England. And uh, I was like, boy, this guy is right on it because I myself as a practicing psychiatrist have seen so many treatment failures when I was in fact doing everything right. I mean, I was doing everything right by every book and uh, you know, people are treatment failure. We have a, we have, horrendous numbers of treatment failure out there that look psychiatric that in fact in from the point of view of appearances are psychiatric but from the point of view of what the underlying problem is 
They have significant underlying biologic impediments. And I'm so glad that you're raising this. And I'm, I'm really interested in becoming more conversant with it. I've uh, ordered some tests already with uh, GPL Tox because I have to just make it part of my practice. Actually, while I'm talking to you, I keep thinking, why don't I just do this routinely with every, I, I see so many individuals who are treatment failure. They've tried, they come in and they say, well, I've been on six different medications and try this and that. And that treatment failure is so pervasive and you don't know what their habits are. You don't know what they've been eating. You don't know where they've been. You don't know what, they, what their situation is. The guy with the uh, carbon monoxide. I mean, who would ever predict that he had a leak carbon monoxide in his car? You don't know that until you test for it. So thank you so much for, for bringing that to, to our, our, our conscious awareness here. Now, let me ask you another question. The issue is, how frequently do you see individuals that really don't have an array of symptoms that still have fairly significant positive findings who are more minimally impaired in a certain respect? And, and what does that say to us about doing, being more liberal with our testing so we can actually prevent long-term so they don't just keep uh, polluting themselves on throughout their lives. Yeah. So what I would say is, I would say somewhere between a third to a half of patients that go into the doctor's office for a variety of complaints. We actually don't get many samples from people who are completely uh, healthy, mm -hmm. but we do get. We get uh, a variety of, of patients whose urine samples come through our facility. And I would say between one-third to one-half have significant abnormalities that are either, either contributing to symptoms or, in a lot of cases, the major cause of the person's illness. Uh, uh, so one, one particular patient had... Uh, symptoms of Huntington's disease, a, mm -hmm. a disease where there's severe tremors, uh, severe psychiatric uh, symptoms, uh, ataxia, psychosis. And, and uh, this woman had about six different toxic chemicals that were at the uh, higher than the 95th percentile. Mm. So undoubtedly with this woman, this was the major cause, and, and she's still undergoing treatment right now. This is a relatively recent case, but she had a significant improvement by detoxification. And uh, let, let me talk a little bit about the, the uh, most common ways of doing this. So let me, let me interrupt you for just a second, Dr. Yeah. Shaw, because that was my secret question that I was going to ask you after we oh, took okay. a quick break, because yeah. that you have driven right to the point. I mean, this is such a comprehensive and interesting conversation. I mean, I wish we could talk for two hours, but uh, let's come back in just a moment after we hear a word from our sponsors, and we'll talk to Dr. Shaw about what can be done. Let's not just wring our hands here, folks. Let's, let's look at solutions. That's what we're all about. So, We'll be back in just a second with Dr. Shaw's answer to that question. Well, folks, you know as well as I do that psychiatric treatment failure, especially after multiple medication trials and those very, very brief hospitalizations, may prove insufficient 
to deal at home with the complexity of troubled children and, and those adolescents from 6 to 17 years old. Improved care, those next mandatory steps, should include a more comprehensive approach to address those multiple levels of challenges, from family to peers to school, diagnostically from defiance to depression on every level for families, including military families, internationally. The Barry Robinson Center's 32-acre open college-like campus in Norfolk, Virginia, provides safety and security and clean, comfortable living. How do we know? We refer folks over there all the time, strongly endorse what they're doing. So for further information and informed interview, connect at this page, barryrobinson.org forward slash core. Well, you folks already know that here at Core Brain Journal, we're on a mission to introduce you to resources that make significant contributions to the investigation of those predictable mind science applications. Our colleagues at DHA Lab Group provide a real difference with treatment options for people at every level, from first awareness of mind problems to those frustrating times when even well-informed treatment becomes surprisingly unpredictable. For my entire professional life, from psychoanalysis to brain scans, I've searched for, yes, improved predictability. The good news for all of us, from professionals to patients, remarkably effective research offers useful, cost-effective, organic options far beyond guesswork with psychiatric medications alone. DHA lab tests measure unbalanced biomedical details through easily available testing, now available globally for a variety of molecular answers from, for example, methylation, copper, and cryptopyrrole challenges. Check in for more details at dhalab.com core. That's d-h-a-l-a-b.com forward slash core. Well, welcome back, folks. Here we are. And Dr. Shaw, this is such an interesting conversation. Our audience, I'm there. I mean, if you're driving to work, you're just going to have to sit in the car till you finish this conversation because this is absolutely so pervasively relevant globally. This isn't something that's just happening out in Idaho. I mean, this is, this is a very, very big deal. So that was the question that I think a lot of people were just beginning to develop. All of our thoughts and trains of thought were going on the same line. What do we do about it once we start to see it? And I know we can't even cover all of the things we can do about it, but please do take a moment to go and complete your sentence. You were talking about what we can do about detoxing and how we can handle these terrible results. So one of the first things is try to find out what you've been exposed to. And this isn't obvious. These organophosphates can be in any food that you eat. And even if you even if you uh, only eat organic food at home, almost everybody eats out, and there's extremely few restaurants that use only uh, organic food. And so there's a good chance that that could be the food you've eaten. It could have been the exterminator came around because you had some ants or cockroaches, and they're spraying these uh, extremely toxic uh, chemicals. It because could be because you're in the the uh, part of the country that had a lot of the mosquitoes where the Zika virus was. We've seen children from that area who have sky high values of of uh, many toxic chemicals because of the overreaction, and so because of fear of the Zika virus, the people are being covered with extremely 
toxic uh, pesticides that may be a lot more toxic than the Zika virus itself is. Mm -hmm. So you need to identify which toxic chemicals you've been exposed to and try to prevent that in the future if you can. That's number one. Number two is uh, there are a number of chemicals that are detoxified using glutathione. Glutathione is like the master molecule of detoxification, and it's something that's very safe to take as a supplement. Uh, glutathione reacts with hundreds or even thousands of toxic chemicals and combines with them to make a form of the molecule that can be excreted from the body uh, in the urine and in the feces uh, very efficiently. So, so you can just large, take a glutathione supplement, uh, Dr. Yes. Shaw? Yeah. Yep. You can take the supplement, or if you're extremely ill, perhaps at the beginning you want to consider doing uh, intravenous called mm -hmm. IV uh, treatment at the, uh, at the beginning of the uh, therapy. And the third is one of the most successful, which is the sauna treatment. So thousands of people w had, were exposed to toxic chemicals because of the World Trade Center attack uh, and 9-11. Uh, and and uh, they were exposed to hundreds of different uh, chemicals. And so uh, it was offered to them to use sauna treatment to detoxify. And I've talked to a number of the people uh, who were rescue workers uh, at this attack, and they talk about how depressed and how severe their fatigue was after this exposure and how all of this was reversed by doing uh, intensive sauna therapy. And most types of sauna will work. There, there are different types out there, but the feedback I've gotten is that most types of uh, sauna will, will function uh, very well. And I've seen pictures. So the people who've had this treatment after a period of time, they can actually see the toxic chemicals oozing out of their body. And I've got, you know, and I've got pictures of this showing the, um, the people with uh, their skin covered with yellow, red, and black stuff that's coming out of the, the skin on their arms after the uh, uh, sauna treatment. So it's very common. A lot of people will smell the chemicals as they're uh, coming out, or sometimes even their breath that will, they will smell like the chemicals that they were exposed to uh, in the past. So, so sauna is one of the best treatments there is for getting rid of these things. And so it's just a good health measure uh, overall is to do frequent sauna treatments to, uh, to get these things out. And it's very important that once, the, once you've developed sweating in the sauna, you need to make sure it's removed right away or it can be absorbed back into the body. So that's a very important feature, uh, either to uh, towel off frequently 
to to get that uh, sweat off and and uh, and also to shower, perhaps even shower periodically if you're doing a long sauna treatment to uh, to get rid of the toxic chemicals that are coming out. So we've done studies and we've seen that high amounts of these toxic chemicals are in the sweat of the individual uh, going through mm. uh, the sauna treatment. So it's extremely important. Uh, as I mentioned, the, that, that the vast majority of these thousands of uh, workers uh, received the sauna treatment and that it worked very effectively. Large numbers of them had neurologic improvement, had their overall health improved, had fatigue improved, a whole variety of, uh, of different symptoms uh, appeared uh, after, uh, resolved after uh, doing the sauna treatment. Uh, there's a particular uh, treatment called the Hubbard technique that uses uh, in which the person takes a number of vitamins, particularly niacin. It's help, uh, niacin helps to mobilize some of these uh, chemicals mm. uh, out into the, from the fat tissue in, and out into the sweat. Well, you know, Dr. Shaw, we have uh, your, your colleagues there at Great Plains have given us a, a PDF download and we're going to have it here as a, as a freebie that somebody can come in and just download when they go to the website and pull down the information that's readily available. This brief conversation, it, it may sound complex. It is complex when you get into it on the surface. But what happens is to decrease the complexity, it just takes a little more study, a little more patience and getting into it. And we want to make sure that people go to the website and pull that down because that is going to be an easy uh, useful resource. And, and listeners, let me tell you, Dr. Shaw is, if not the pioneer, he's certainly one of the few pioneers in the world. He's taken some time to tell us about this. This guy is a thought leader on this very subject. We're so pleased to have him here. And there's so many things to talk about. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. So let me ask you this one question. What's your opinion? This is a little bit on the edge, but uh, you have so much experience with the relevance of GPL tox findings with specifically autism, because I think autism is one of those yep. conditions that everybody is like, what do we do? This is a hopeless case. This kid's going to be this way the rest of their lives. Could you tell us a little bit about that, please? Yeah. So, so I was shocked to find out that most of the children with autism have the highest amount of toxic chemicals of any group I've tested. So it's common to see uh, elevated values, but also values that are 10, 20, or 30 times higher mm. than, the, than the 95th percentile, which is already the highest level of exposure. Oh so there are gigantic amount of toxic chemicals and what we've already found out is that you can remove them and you can, you can reduce the symptoms of autism by, uh, by using the same uh, sauna treatment. Uh, just a few months ago, I published on another extremely toxic chemical called glyphosate. If you, 
many of you could go down to your nearby hardware store and find this chemical in the weed killers out there. It's become one of the uh, most toxic chemicals on earth that is extremely easy uh, to, to get hold of. Uh, something like 95% or more of our corn and soy are now uh, contaminated with uh, uh, glyphosate. Um, glyphosate is a, is a weed killer, uh, which is called technically an herbicide. And it, it has a, a unique feature that it, it reacts against a certain metabolic pathway that was found in plants. And so in essence, this is all plants. So what the company Monsanto did was they, they it, in, uh, bred corn that had uh, maybe 100 or 200 times as much DNA uh, to make the enzymes that glyphosate attacked. And by having massive overdose of these biochemical pathways in the plant, the corn was able to not be killed by the glyphosate. So the idea is that this genetically modified corn could then be planted the, uh, where the weeds grew up, the whole field could be sprayed, but only the weeds would be killed. And what a weed just means is any plant that you don't want to be there. And, and so as a result of that, of course, the corn itself becomes contaminated with glyphosate, but is not killed. Uh, but people ask me all the time, oh, all I have to do is wash it, right, uh, before I eat it. Well, no, that glyphosate goes through the plant and through the roots, and every single iota of that corn is contaminated with glyphosate. And so you could wash forever and the, the glyphosate is still going to be in that food. And it's also used to uh, harvest other crops that even are not GMO, like, like uh, uh, rice and wheat and sugar cane. So you can get exposure from other foods that are not even GMO. It's being used for other purposes as well. So the makers of these G the GMO plants claim, well, this is safe for humans because humans have different biochemical pathways than plants do. And, and that was true. The problem is that our intestinal flora has exactly the same biochemical pathways that the weeds do. And so all of our beneficial flora, like the lactobacillus and bifidobacteria, when we eat foods that contain glyphosate, those beneficial bacteria are killed, but the harmful bacteria uh, like Clostridia and Salmonella are not, uh, uh, are not susceptible to glyphosate. Mm. And so the beneficial bugs are being killed and the harmful organisms are, are in effect being stimulated because they have 
no competition, so they can reach very high levels. So in the study I recently published, uh, it showed that it was a uh, triplets, two of which had autism and one is suspected uh, seizure disorder with uh, impaired growth and showed that all three of these uh, children had extremely high amounts of uh, glyphosate values that were about uh, uh, 30 times the average uh, value that people mm. have. And, and what they were doing is uh, it was a Hispanic family. And of course, corn tortillas are one of the, uh, one of the ethnic favorites yeah. for, for uh, uh, this group. And they were eating large amounts of corn tortillas every day. And so this was likely the source of their extremely high glyphosate. Mm -hmm. And when I tested them for the presence of clostridia, uh, the two with autism had extremely high metabolites of clostridia bacteria. And the clostridia bacteria produce uh, compounds, one of which is measured in the Great Plains organic acid test called HPHPA. HPHPA has the ability to uh, alter the, the neurotransmitters uh, in the peripheral nervous system in the brain, and, and the enzyme that they affect is called dopamine beta-hydroxylase, which is needed to convert dopamine to norepinephrine. And because that enzyme is knocked out by the clostridia, the dopamine reaches very high levels and an effect becomes toxic. So dopamine at normal levels works fine, but when it reaches very high levels, it gets, it gets converted to uh, toxic metabolites that actually can destroy the function of the, function of the neuron and eventually the function of the entire brain. So this is what... I, I think that we can now say that one of the causes of, uh, of autism is, is likely due to the widespread exposure of glyphosate. As a matter of fact, if you plot the incidence of autism versus the uh, use of glyphosate in agriculture, it's virtually 100% correlation. Oh, my gosh. The... the Autism hardly existed as an illness before the introduction of glyphosate. And people will say, of course, well, correlation is not cause. But I think taking this information together, the fact that glyphosate kills beneficial bacteria, a number of studies have now shown that clostridia is rampant in autism and and lots of studies have shown that the uh, chemicals produced by the clostridia uh, cause the excessive dopamine. I think we have a theory that I think is going to stick. I think there's a uh, that the that the odds are that this is a major cause of autism and perhaps the major cause of autism throughout the world. This work has been replicated now throughout the world, in Turkey, and Italy, and China, in mm. addition to my own work. And, and so uh, this abnormality is 
is uh, extremely common in autism and would help to explain all the kinds of things that are going on in autism. It also helps to explain why drugs like Risperdal, which are directed against excess dopamine, are effective in, yeah. in, uh, in autism, in the severe forms of autism. Well, it's Dr. Amazing. Shaw, I hate to drug. wind this up. You are a remarkable guest. I mean, you are just laying it out there like there's no tomorrow. And actually, what I think is so relevant as we're closing here, and I really hate to wind this up because it's so interesting talking to you, but we really do have to push on. I just want to say, first of all, I want to say thank you. I want to say that the close that you had as we're bringing this uh, episode, this, this brief interview to closure, is that we really need to, and anybody that has significantly pervasive uh, mind illness of some kind, mind imbalances, this just needs to be a ubiquitous test. We just need to get it out of the way. It's like doing a CBC. We just have to do it. It's not like, let's think about it. Maybe we'll do that later. We need to get on it and make it happen. So with that, Dr. Shaw, give us the URL for Great Plains, which a lot of yeah. us know, and we'll yeah. then send our guests over there and we'll have it on the show notes as well. Yeah, so we, we have a long one, but I'm going to give you the simple one, which is uh, GPL of uh, the acronym for Great Plains Laboratories. So GPL for you.com. So GPL, the number four, the letter U.com. GPL for you.com. So real simple, easy to remember that Great Plains is, is for you. <laughs> well, we've been using them for a long time. We really appreciate our opportunity to work with you. You're really helping the folks out that I see every day. And we just appreciate the opportunity of you coming here and really spreading the word on some really deep, important knowledge that really needs to be appreciated by more people. Thank you so much. Thank you, Charles. You have a good day and we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to Corbrain Journal. We're working every day behind the scenes to bring you reports that connect research benches with those street trenches. Here we share the complexity of mind science because as you know, details really do matter. One of the most pervasive misunderstood challenges is how commonplace medications like those written for ADHD are used so regularly without clear guidelines. If you think you'd like more specifics, take a minute to download my two-page PDF packed with video links and references on the absolute essentials of how to start ADHD medications. They're easily available at corebrainjournal.com forward slash start. Thanks for listening. Do connect and stay tuned. Together we can make a difference.